Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. To Him who lives eternally, they never cease from saying, Holy, holy is Yahweh. Hello, welcome to Walking in the Word. My name is Shel Wagner. I'm so glad you came to join me today. Today, um, I wasn't expecting this when I started the series. You know, I kind of build things as I go. Well, I ended up knowing that I needed to, to do the reading and an introduction to the book of Ecclesiastes within this Kings and Prophets series. And as we go through it, I think you'll understand why. Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and add my presentation to the screen so that we can go through it together. So today we're talking about the book of Ecclesiastes. All right, so the life of Solomon started well and ended in wickedness. He never repented and showed great bitterness of Ruach in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, this is just from what I can see from everything that I've read in scripture, right? I see no scriptural evidence of repentance. It never tells us anywhere that he ever made things right with Yah. He was burdened by a concern for what would become of his great wealth and would his great accomplishments be cared for when he was gone from this life. He was wanting to hold on to this life. This is the mark of someone who's not looking forward to meeting their maker. In Ecclesiastes 4.2, we see, Wherefore I praise the dead which are already dead more than the living which are yet alive. Yea, better is he than both they which has not yet been, who has not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. You know, it says in, in our last presentation, we found out how his uh, many wives led his heart away and he began to worship their Elohims and he, it was evil in Yah's sight. His heart changed, right? So the wisdom of knowledge of good and evil is a burden to one who's walking an evil path. Okay. I mean, he'd been given this great wisdom. He had met with Yah uh, twice, right? That's what the scriptures tell us. But it's a burdensome load to carry the knowledge that you're walking down the wrong road because you once walked the righteous path. In verse six of, um, of chapter four, we see how unhappy he is. Can you imagine the burden of trying to keep 1,000 women happy, <laughs> right? Chapter five, we get shown that he is it shows the good and evil of a war in him. You know, one of my favorite folk tales that you heard hear, hear told in many different uh, cultures as a story about what human nature is like. They talk about it's like having a white dog and a black dog that are put in a sack in a sack and they're in a fight to the death. And and the man who holds the sack of the two dogs is asked, 
well, which one is going to win? And the answer is the one that I feed, right? Whichever nature, I mean, we, this is what free will is all about. Whichever nature we feed, that's what's going to win. That's what free choice is. In Ecclesiastes 5.8, it says, he said, Solomon said, don't be surprised if you see a poor person being oppressed by the powerful, powerful, and if justice is being miscarried throughout the land. For every official is under orders from higher up, and matters of justice get lost in red tape and bureaucracy. And you see how disillusioned he was, and, and he could see the corruption in having a magnificent kingdom. In Ecclesiastes 5.11, he says, the more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers, right? You can see that bitterness, that lament of the soul. There's not joy in the getting. When Yah gives us things and we're not trying to hold on to it, there's true joy in it. When we start trying to hold on to something very tightly that Yah just wanted us to enjoy for a season, it becomes a burden and not a blessing. You know, that was one of the first lessons I had to learn as a worship leader. I I don't have the ability to be a big time worship leader. I had a heart that was willing in a very tiny little church because truly I can barely hold a tune in a bucket, right? <laughs> I was never meant to be a worship leader on any scale or imagination. But Yah gave me that task in a very small little church that I was a part of. And it meant a great deal to me. And I was faithful with it. And I did it for three years. And then when Yah was ready to take it out of my hand, he just had to literally pry my hands open to get me to let go. And it caused me for uh, to have to sit out for a year. He literally wouldn't let me hold any other position for a year. And I believe if I had been willing and ready and just believed that he would put something else in my hands, that he was ready for me to take the next step on my journey, that it would have been a much more pleasant experience for me. But instead, I had to sit down for a year and, and he told me, don't you ever close up your hands tight on something I put in them again. You need to allow me to place in your hands what I want in your hands and remove from your hands what I decide to remove from your hands. These aren't who you're, the position I give you is not who you are, right? It, it makes a big difference. Okay. In Ecclesiastes 6.3, we see this. A man might have a hundred children and live to be very old, but if he finds no satisfaction in life and doesn't even get a decent burial, it would have been better for him to have been born dead. I mean, you just see such sorrow of soul here as he, you know, spent the first half of his kingdom. He had a 40 year reign and we know the first half of it was sent in service to Yah. But then we see with the addition of all these wives and all these um, alliances he made and the, the building of shrines for their gods and temples for their gods and beginning to worship with them in these temples that it totally took away his heart. And Yah hates mixture. He tells us, I would that you would be hot or you would be cold, but the lukewarm, I'm just going to spew out of my mouth. He's like, I I'm not interested in a divided loyalty. If you're going to be mine, be mine. 
but if not, just go on with you. All righty. In Ecclesiastes 6.10, we see everything has already been decided. It was known long ago what each person would be. So there's no use arguing with God about your destiny. The more words you speak, the less they mean. So what good are they? I mean, he, it's showing where his prayer life was at. The relationship had slipped into um, feeling like there was no use in even praying about anything anymore. Look at Ecclesiastes 9.12. He says, people can never predict when hard times might come like fish in a net or birds in a trap. People are caught by sudden tragedy. He's feeling like no one is really even like Yah's not on his side. In Ecclesiastes 7, 14, it says, enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from Elohim. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. I've seen everything in this meaningless life, including the death of good young people and the long life of wicked people. So don't be too good or too wise. Why destroy yourself? Look at the attitude. Why even try? He's saying, you know, this is somebody who has lost faith. In Ecclesiastes 8.10, we see, I've seen wicked people buried with honor, yet they were the very ones who frequented the temple and are now praised in the same city where they committed their crimes. This too is meaningless. He's saying there's really no justice to be had for anything. Ecclesiastes 8.14-17 through 17, and this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they were wicked and wicked people are often treated as though they were good. This is so meaningless. So I recommend having fun <laughs> because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work Elohim gives them under the sun. In my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered that there is a ceaseless, that there is ceaseless activity day and night. I realized that no one can discover everything Elohim is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. And that is what life can be like sometimes. It can feel like we're just racing the clock all the time, especially in this day and age. But I'm sure it's always been like that. You know, I think it's just the human experience. But reality is we're in charge of that. And when we have close relationship with Yah, we can take that time with him and he'll show us how to maximize our time and usefulness. In Ecclesiastes 10, 20, it says, never make light of the king, even in your thoughts, and don't make fun of the powerful, even in your own bedroom, for a little bird might deliver your message and tell them what you said. Now, in the previous presentation, when we did part two of Kings and, and Prophets, I really expanded from the book of Josephus. I read a portion which showed that um, Solomon gained a great wisdom into how the spirit realm works. And so right there, he's saying there's there's more going on than you realize. There's always someone listening. So be careful what you say. And Ecclesiastes 11 too, 
he says, but divide your investments among many places for you do not know what risk might lie ahead. As soon as I read that, I thought this is why the proverb that says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That saying has come to be because that's some good advice. We don't want to put all our eggs in one basket unless God tells you to, right? But but you do want to hedge against certain things and, and prepare for different circumstances that might be. But the best thing that we can do in all things is trust Yah. And then you can just see the sadness by the time we get to the very last chapter. He, he is fearing old age and death and, and the, the ending of this life. He's grieving, leaving this life. Now, you know, I'm old enough to be grow gray haired and, and have aches and pains. And I tell you what, I am excited about being here and finishing my course. And, and some days it's painful, right? However, I am much more excited for when I get to leave this place and Yah tells me, you have finished your course. Well done, good and faithful servant. That is what my goal is. I'm not going to be lamenting leaving here, but he's talking about in this just the the sorrow he has in, in his old age. There's no joy left, right? So let's just read through that. Ecclesiastes 12, 5. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom, and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper, and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now while you are young before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to Elohim who gave it. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. And that's who Solomon was known as, as the teacher because of his wisdom. All right. Well, that completes the introduction. Uh, I hope you'll join me for the reading um, and that it's a blessing to you. And for now, I'll say shalom. Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. Him who lives eternally, they never cease from saying, Holy, holy is Yahweh.